You're listening to The Dave Smith Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dave Smith. Boy, have I told you about the purple seat cushion yet? Oh, is this making my life easy? Made with purple grid, of course. Software you want it, and from where you need it, it's cool all over. Instantly adapts to your body and your booty for personalized comfort and support. Hundreds of open-air channels to keep you at a comfortable temperature. Supports you all day so you don't experience sitting fatigue as you work your butt off. Stands the test of time. Ultra durable, so it can follow you around for years. Unless, you know, one of your jealous co-workers steals it. Total no-pressure support, soft and firm at the same time. You can sit on it at work. You can sit on it at home, at the game. Comfier and longer. And they have handles on it that make it totable from place to place. Your car, your house, your office, or on game day. Different from mattresses, specifically formulated for sitting, just like Purple Gold on mattresses is formulated for wild body lying down in ed- for the whole body lying down in any position. Get your 30-day free trial, a one-year warranty, free shipping and returns from purple.com slash seat cushions. I tell you, I'm sitting on one right now. Get your it's fantastic. Get yourself a purple seat cushion right now. Go to purple.com slash seat cushions. All right, let's talk some National Basketball Association right now with a frequent guest, good friend of the show, an NBA expert, of course, uh, actor, speaker, jack of all trades. Not like me, the jack of all trades and master of none. He's conquered them all. It's the great Bill Horrenda. What's up, Bill? Dave, how are you? Good to be with you as always. I'm doing. You know what's interesting? Looking at the NBA early in the season here. The Celtics at 7-1 and one here, and it's, it's too bad that Gordon Hayward broke the left hand uh, in, in the Celtics game, and he's going to be out for a while. But they just seem to be so much better and so much more cohesive and so much happier without Kyrie Irving around. Well, you know what, Dave? You'd have to uh, point to their success uh, this season and last season. And I'll point out this statistic. Last year, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, and Golden State were the four teams in the top ten in offensive and defensive rating, with Utah and Denver just outside of the top ten. This year, we've got the Celtics, Milwaukee, and Toronto uh, all again in the top ten in defensive rating. And it really is too bad about Hayward. I mean, you look at the numbers. uh, This guy was averaging 20 points up from 15 over his career, eight rebounds up from four five assists up from three, 56% from the floor up from 45, and 44 from three up from 37. Uh, and, you know, you got to think about this. How do they kind of keep things going? And this is a team that only scores 26 points off the bench next to last in the NBA. So it's got to be, in my opinion, a kind of a committee, a by committee, replacing Gordon Hayward with this un- untimely injury. But we're learning, of course, and we know – that injuries are the worst part of the game, but definitely a prevalent part of the game. But Toronto sitting there at 6-2, and two, a, a good start, even without Kawhi Leonard, of course, the defending world champions. And, well, Pascal Siakam looks like a superstar, Bill Horrenda. He's like a 28-11, 28-12 so far this year. He had 43 last night. Yeah, he just continues to soar. You know, and here's a guy who... You know, everyone around him back at New Mexico State, and I've worked some of their games on the college side, you know, speaks so highly of Siakam that he really deserves all that he's earned. And a guy that just seems to be, uh, you know, without a ceiling as far as his potential goes. And, of course, there's more here now uh, with the departure of Ka- Kawhi Leonard. 
uh, more responsibility for him uh, to take on. And, of course, now, Dave, with Kyle Lowry out uh, as well as Serge Ibaka out, there'll be more responsibility for uh, Siakam. But, of course, he has been absolutely sensational. Looking at the West here, how, how about the Lakers at 7-1 and one with a seven-game winning streak here? Are, are they about where you thought they'd be, or, or, or are they better than you thought? They're further along, Dave. You know, you look at Toronto, they'll, they're in town. They have the Lakers uh, tomorrow, the Clippers on Monday. But look at the Lakers and what they've done so far. They're first in defensive rating. They're first in differential, plus 10.5 points per night. They lead the league in blocks at eight per night. You'd expect that maybe with Davis, McGee, uh, and, of course, uh, Dwight Howard. And they're tied for second in field goal percentage against at 41%. Now, what I don't think it's talked about a lot in the league, you really have to give Frank Vogel and his staff a lot of credit. Think about guys like LeBron, right? Playing for Spo, for Ty Lue, Danny Green, Pop, and Nick Nurse, uh, McGee, of course, for Steve Carr, winning at a very high level. Now, when you get these guys, they have had great success and great coaching. And to be able to have this team congeal, coalesce on the defensive side of the ball so early, I think is a credit uh, to Vogel and his entire staff. And really, that's where I'm the most surprised is how well they've just gelled defensively it's a marathon it's not a sprint but early uh those are very solid defensive numbers for the lakers you know well last, last sunday night uh, bill i had the great rick barry on the show he's a frequent guest one of the great nba players of all time and uh, shockingly he's not a fan of load management i know i know you'd be surprised by that but he doesn't have a high opinion of it <laughs> rick barry is terrific he is a breath of fresh air so opinionated you know, I, I'm not a fan of it either, but I don't come to the table with a solution. Now, on the softer side of things, uh, Dave, I do. And I think there's got to be some way that I haven't thought this all the way through. But with fans who have bought a ticket, particularly when it's a road game and a marquee player will not play due to load management, is there some type of fan forum, uh, a moderated panel? Is there some way that these fans who have paid their hard-earned money to at least say, I saw the star. It, it, not on the floor playing, but I saw him in some capacity. Now, uh, there's a great article in The Athletic, John Hollinger, uh, analytics guru and a former executive now with the Memphis Grizzlies, wrote about uh, load management and how these guys come into the league with physical deficiencies due to the a uh, AAU circuit and how many games they're playing. And also, you know, he brought up a great point. You know, the responsibility for the fans that bought tickets to the other 76 games or so remaining and the competitive, uh, you know, advantage that each front office is seeking. So I'm not a fan of it, but I don't have a ready solution on the competitive nature of it either. It's funny. Uh, somebody forgot to tell Doc Rivers that he's supposed to lie about this because the Clippers got away with it and said uh, Kawhi had a knee injury, and then Doc was interviewed the next day and said, oh, he's fine. He feels great, and then the league hit the Clippers with a $50,000 fine. So Doc's got to learn how to lie a little bit better. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, Dave, too, because, you know, you know, and Hollinger makes this point in his article, you know, who among us is a true medical expert and, and what have you? And also, you know, the HIPAA regulations and what type of health information is private. And, of course, you know, this is a, uh, you know, 
450 of the best athletes in the world in a very public setting. Uh, so, of course, you know, you've got the networks who can't be happy when, when guys are missing games. Uh, so it's definitely a, a conundrum. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this, how this plays out and how uh, the league and the Players Association and the networks kind of try to manage this for the, for the betterment of the game. But it's, it's definitely, definitely a tricky scenario at present time. It's interesting. Now, you're from New Jersey, New York, right, Bill? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah so w- when they talk about the AAU and these guys are worn out with that tough AAU schedule, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, before the AAU, these guys would play in the playground from, from the time the sun came up till the time the sun. They played 12 and 13 hours a day out in the playground. They never seemed to be worn out. Yeah, it, it, it's true. That's true. And, and I grew up, you know, in Hudson County. I played at St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City within, you know, the shadow of the Manhattan skyline across the Hudson River. And, you know, one of the things that Hollinger talks about, which I thought was an interesting point, was the spacing of today's game and the explosive nature of stops, starts, cuts, and what have you. But to your point, David, and he says that it's a different game than it was back in the day in the 80s when there was more isolation and what have you. But, hey, you know, we've seen it in the past, right? The New York Knicks with Walt Clyde Frazier and Bill Bradley, uh, the captain, Willis Reed, there was a lot of ball movement and people movement then. Yep. And you're right. You'd, you'd play all day. You'd play all night. Uh, and, and and again, we are seeing, you know, a rash of injuries. And I don't have uh, at my fingertips, you know, a, a good comparison injury-wise comparing year on year. And I think that's one of the things that we've learned so much, uh, but there's so much still to learn about, uh, you know, the game and about health and nutrition and sleep. Uh, so it's an area that uh, is murky, and uh, it's one of those things that we'll probably never uh, understand completely how to best avoid injury. Well, Brandon Ingram has blossomed into a star this year, averaging around 27-10 and 10 with the Pelicans. He's been fantastic. And Shea Gilsus-Alexander, Shea I can see why Jerry West and the Clippers did not want to include him in that Paul, that PG-13 trade, but, you know, Presti and Oklahoma City held out for him. He is really good. I mean, he's going to be an all-star, I think a multiple-time all-star. But, I mean, you've got to do what you've got to do, right, to get AD and, uh, and, and, and to make trade happen, to get Kawhi Leonard along with Paul George. Sometimes you've got to let really good young players go. Yeah, exactly. You've got to give to get. And, you know, Ingram certainly could be, uh, you know, an early candidate uh, for most improved player when you look at his numbers. Uh, Dave, he has been absolutely, uh, you know, terrific. You know, averaging 26 a night, up from 18. Uh, you know, shooting 77% from the line. Uh, his effective field goal percentage is just under 60%. Uh, 44% from 353 overall. And, and you're right, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, he was the thing about him, Dave. You, I'm sure you'd agree, is that he just plays with, with a poise and an equanimity. Uh, he was very precocious for a rookie, and uh, yeah, that, that's one of those deals where. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to part with talent and with LeBron and his age and what have you. Uh, it just had to be done to kind of put the Lakers in a position uh, to potentially contend for a championship, which they, they sh- sure looks like they will, uh, as well as they played collectively early in the season. Yeah, and I, and I know for a fact the Clippers – tried everything to keep uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of that deal with Oklahoma. They offered other picks, other draft but players, draft anything. But Presti, Presti knew what he had there, and the Clippers knew what they had as well. So it was going to be no deal. And then 
if they don't get Paul George, they don't get Kawhi as a free agent. So you have to do it. Right, right. And it's going to be fascinating to see Paul George come back and to see the Clippers. Uh, and that was just my visceral reaction when that deal went down, that you know they should be so terrific defensively. And, uh, again, you know we haven't seen many NBA champions outside of the top ten in defensive rating, probably two over the last 20 years. And, you know, it's got to start there. You know, another interesting thing, you look at these early numbers, they of the top 10 teams in pace, only three are in the top 10 in differential, and they're Milwaukee, Toronto, and Philly. So it, as much as it's, you think it's coach speak or, you know, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships, it's really still that adage rings true. You've got to have balance in today's game. You need positional size and versatility. And you've got to get stops. You've got to be able to defend uh, to win at, at a high level. And I think it's ironic that, you know, the Lakers uh, leading the league in defensive rating, I would expect the Clippers' defensive rating uh, to rise as Paul George comes back and, and gets minutes. You know, this uh, this Golden State Warriors team this year, Bill, reminds me of the 90, uh, 97 uh, uh uh, San Antonio Spurs, when they were a pretty good team, but they had an uh, injury to David Robinson. He's out for the year. The season was tanked, and they wound up with Duncan and wound up with five championships. Uh, well, the Warriors, uh, uh, they're awful with all these injuries, but they might wind up with a top three pick here in the draft, and they get all their players back next year and be really good. Yes, it's eerily similar. You make a great point. And also, the one thing that the Warriors have, have gained through these injuries, I think, is just clarity on the season. And now you're, you know, developing your young players. You're taking a look at guys like Pascal and Bowman and seeing, you know, who will be good players around Thompson, Curry, and Draymond Green. And from that standpoint, the debate, you know, internally, I'm sure, has ended because it's just become clear what their season is going to be all about. It's going to be all about development. And they could, you know, whether it's the kid from Memphis, the ball kid that you're high on, they could end up uh, w- with a solid pick. And, again, that sign-and-trade with Durant uh, is looking rather uh, prescient now, uh, another uh, keen move by Bob Myers and his staff. And, and, again, you know, I'm very high on D'Angelo Russell. I think he could be uh, a piece that they want to hang on to. But, again, you just have to always listen, always pick up the phone, even in this era of call waiting. It's like, Dave, when I see you call, I jump to the phone, and uh, sometimes, you know, with the Warriors, you see that phone call, you don't even want to pick it up, you don't want to get sweet, but you always have to listen if, the, if you're the Warriors getting a call. Great stuff as always, Bill. You're a fountain of information. Thanks again. My pleasure, Dave. Anytime. There he goes, the great Bill Horenda. Yeah, and the one dissimilarity I see between uh, this draft and that draft where the Spurs got Tim Duncan is I don't see any Tim Duncans uh, ne- next summer in this next draft class. Nothing close. It's Dave Smith here at Radio.